0: I just want to ask a question. Who really cares to save a world
1: in despair? Who really cares?
2: Ago, when the city started drawing water from the Flint River, exposing thousands of people to the toxic metals.
3: Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, brother, brother.
1: 25, it's going to be a black male in a white t shirt. There's far too many
3: of you dying. 14 million more of you Americans know we would be fined next year. This deadly mass shooting happened in Portland, Florida, till at Washington, Florida. Yeah, father, father, we don't need to escalate, you see, we not there. Don't punish me with fruit I give. What's going on, baby? Yes, I want to know, what's going on right now, people?
4: Start off with the word humanitarian. A person devoted to promoting the welfare of humanity, especially through for the word humanitarian. And the reason why I want to start off with that with that word is because there is a humanitarian crisis going on inside of um, America's freedom system. And um, the pain and suffering has to be eliminated. Otherwise, we ain't going to survive. You know, we're not going to survive this system that they have in place. And I'm going to just keep reminding people of that. Just keep reminding people that no matter what scheme, your thoughts, or ideas idea, there's no guarantee that you're going to live long enough for it to come into existence. So we can't be waiting to join the fight. And I want to say this. I don't want to make no mistake about it, that we fighting for our freedom right now. You know, that's why it's called The National Freedom Movement That's the only point that That's that's the only point That a slave can, That's the only That's when the happiness starts That's the only time for celebration right. And uh, we haven't attained freedom yet So there's nothing to celebrate There's no reason for us To not continue to have our foot on the gas When um, we're in this struggle I want to introduce, got a couple more people in the host panel tonight. We're going to come back pull um, a slate of topics, things going on around the country, I'm listening to you live from the plantation. One of your hosts, been on the our son. Uh, we have another brother in the, in the host there, uh, panel with us. Come on in, bro.
5: Hey, how you doing, brother? Being new, this is brother Mikael. What's going on with your
3: family?
4: glad to hear from you again, man. Um, just, uh, we talking about
5: freedom tonight. What you got to say, man? Man, bro, God's our freedom, bro. Right now, we are at, we are at a climax, bro. We are at a position right now fighting for our freedom where we can begin to see the light on the other side of the mountain. And when I say that, I'm talking about the abolitionist movement as well as the movement going on with us inside the penitentiary, uh, Right now, people are waking up. People are seeing what's going on. People are seeing the atrocities. They're seeing everything that's being done to us. We're catching it on film. You know what I'm saying? And they're being showed in their true light. They're being shown to be the, the, the oppressors that they are, the aggressors that they are, the dehumanizers that they are. And everything that they say about us is, is turning out to be, you know, falsified. The system they're using to justify our incarceration is turning out to be falsified. You feel what I'm saying? These are facts. This is known information now. This information is being spread far and wide. So that give me hope, bruh. Being incarcerated, being behind the fence myself, that give me hope that tomorrow may be different and better for me than today was.
4: Okay, so um like in your area, your location, what is what where can the how can the people help you, people who listen, paying attention? Like, where do you see um, the most important areas where they have to aid the inside, the inside struggle? And then explain why, in your words, why is it important for people on the inside to be included in, in a part of this thing as it unfolds?
5: True. fact. So where I'm at, the main thing is, well, you have you have multiple things. So first and foremost, our conditioning is diabolical. It's a dire situation as far as uh, the, the 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 physical keeping of us is unsanitary. Right now, I'm gonna show you. Right now, we just had one piss trough working. You got a dorm with 150 people in it, and the piss trough had been broke for over two weeks. You had one urinal for 150 people, one urinal, two toilets. You got you had two working sinks. You see what I'm saying? And then that's just not even the half of it when you deal with the, the condition of the building. The the fact that we our heat goes out, we're we're record low for uh, conditions of weather, cold this year, and, and it was under freezing for a whole week in the 30s. That whole week our heat was out. So we was wrapped in balls. We had all our clothes on. We had our uh, uh, sweats on underneath our state uniform, and we had our coat on on top of that with blankets wrapped up around us on top of that, literally freezing to death as if one was outside on the street. But these people are getting paid to house us. You see what I'm saying? That's a, very, that's a conflict within itself. Things like that have to be addressed because that deals directly to the mental conditioning of every person that's behind this fence. So you want us to be normal, to abilitate what you say rehabilitate, but a person that has never had been given the ability in the first place can't be rehabilitated because you've been killing us from the beginning. So you can't even allow a person to habilitate in conditions like that. Your situation and your circumstances has everything to do with the development of a human being mentally and physically. You feel what I'm saying? So they want to call us savages. They call us this and that. But the situation and conditions that they create is what mold and shape this. These are the things we need to address. Now, after you address that, which is straight up genocide out the gate, then you got to deal with the actual rehabilitation itself. we need real programs that are certified and accepted, and we need proof. We need you tell me I go up for parole next year, and this is what you want to see from me in regards to the case that I caught or whatever my, my uh, substance abuse or whatever it may be. I take ABC program to deal with these issues, speak to my counselor, and have this on record. And this is what you judge me off of based upon my development of these abilities and to deal with these situations in prison. So when I come to you at the parole board, after I done did 15 years, you should be judging me on my advancement and how I am coming to you, sitting in front of you right then on that 15th year, not how I was 15 years ago. Not right, right. relative to the
4: what your needs that I can... were. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and you brought up something else I want you to elaborate on. I, I know we got a couple more people coming into the host queue tonight with us. Um, we're looking for our brothers from the carcerate, brothers and sisters. Everything we looking for our, matter of fact, we're looking for our family from the carcerate to come on board too. I stand correct. Um, one thing I want you to say before we go go one step further the condition, the the mental health conditions. I just was talking about this. And people don't understand that, you know, what what we're going through, the trauma that we're going through from seeing this stuff and living in this type of environment where they're saying our constitutional rights are being violated at every level. The Department of Justice say there's a culture of violence. And then people are all, we're all being impacted by that. And then no one's really talking about what actual condition we're in in addition to all of the other stuff going on, the violence, the drugs, the suicide, the COVID-19 deaths, not just those people who are suffering directly from that, but the people who are just living in the environment. Talk about what the mental health is like for everyone that's in these environments.
5: Man, dire. so you have people, and I watched it because I've been gone for almost two decades. I've seen people stand up, see some hope, see some light and strive with all of their might to try and conquer this situation and and be a better person, a good, productive citizen. But the condition of the facility and the way that it's ran and the things that go on, dehumanize them, demoralize them and send them in a spiral, straight back down to wherever they started from. It's almost impossible for a man to rehabilitate himself in the system the way that they run it. And what I mean by that is this right here, man. Uh, you're not rewarded for doing the right thing. There is no nobody that's uh, pushing the issue when you graduate these programs. I myself have 50 certificates, been taught these folks programs for years. I can name countless other brothers that have been did it, and they don't get no relief, no one. And they take pressure when they do that. You imagine running a therapeutic community program at St. Clair with it's the the supposed the to house the most dangerous people, and it's for violent offenders. And this is a live-in program, 24 hours a day for 18, 24 months. you making a man convicted of murder push a broom for 12 hours a day. He's going to catch feelings. He's going to feel some type of way. The people that run these programs, which is us, that does all the work on the inside and they strive to try and show that they rehabilitated and deserve a second chance, they don't even get rewarded for that. So why would anyone else in the prison population who sees that want to stand up and follow in that direction? See what I'm saying? There's no incentive for doing the right thing. There's no incentive for rehabilitation. You get incentive for being a dumbest. You get incentive for being, being retarded because that's what they want. You see what I'm saying? So like I said, they structure this thing. They, they run this thing to keep you right where you at, chasing your own tail in a circle, and they do it on purpose. True that. It's a
4: culture of violence. They don't say that for a reason. You know, and that's what the the, the Department of Justice said after their investigation. And they say that it, it permeates every facet of the system. The commissioner's office is corrupted with a culture of violence. They promote it. The so called independent investigators, I and I, they condone, they cover up crimes, they tell lies, their paperwork cannot be trusted. The wardens and the captains and on and on and on and on. Everyone, they're not saying it's a culture of violence just over here or over there. They're saying that there's a culture of violence that runs the prison system. You know what I'm saying? And when that is the case, what we're trying to do is to get y'all to understand what it's like to live in a in a culture like that. You know what I'm saying? A culture of lawlessness and savagery and barbarism and and it's supposed to be one thing, but it's actually something else. You know what I'm saying? It's actually going on. And they promote
5: that barbarianism. They promote that culture of violence. That is not something that we just grasp and attain to and we want to be like this. No, it don't work that way. We actually have been for years. These brothers have been fighting to create a culture of brotherhood, to create a culture where we learn and we excel together. We teach brothers values. Man, there were brothers in here teaching you your basic food groups teaching you how to rent a house, how to rent a car, how to live, things these folks never gave us, the things that we never knew. Like I said, how can you rehabilitate somebody that was never habilitated in the first place? You see what I'm saying? So my whole point is, every time we take a step in that direction to create that type of atmosphere, these people come with biological, chemical, and psychological warfare to set us right back where we started it.
3: Okay. or worse. You mm-hmm. to be worse. Most
4: people, most members, will tell you that when they found them members come out of prison, their addictions were worse than when they went in. They're they're um they're just you know everything about you changes for the worst being in here if you're not careful, you know, and you can't be blamed for it because this is what you this is what they run, you know. It's, it's it's not a coincidence. Y'all should read the report. Um, brother Max, we should have a couple more people joining us in the um, host queue tonight. We got somebody in event. And uh for all yeah. of our guests and listeners. Great. For for our guests and listeners and listening live from the plantation, we wanna hear from you too. Please press one. Let every voice be heard. We need to speak together. We speaking as one. We trying we trying so hard, you know what I'm saying, to unify. We gotta unify. We have to unify around this freedom. That's the call for freedom, and that's what we are asking people to come together for. You know, that's what we're here for, for freedom, nothing else. Go ahead, Brother Matt.
6: Uh, we have about a dozen people on the line, but no one has their hands up, uh, relatively speaking, by pressing the number one. If you have a question or comment, please press number one on your
4: keypad. Thank you. And uh, we want to hear from y'all about some of the things going around the country. Uh, we saw the reports coming out of uh, St. Louis, Um, At the uh, criminal justice center there, uh, they released a statement saying that it's genocide. They were reporting on the news that windows were being busted out, furniture was being thrown, fires were being set. But they were not pointing out that these people, these human beings
2: were being put in
4: a situation where they felt like they couldn't survive. Their lives were in danger. They had to do something just to save their lives. And that's what they did. Those were actions to draw attention to conditions that they felt like their life was threatened by. And so that's what they set the fires for. It was a smoke city. That's what they busted the windows out for because they were being covered in dirt and no one could hear. That's why they just throwing stuff out the room to make sure people could see them and knew where they were because their life. it's just like when you you're underwater and something and you can't breathe. That's what they were doing. They were underwater and couldn't breathe and they were just trying to get... Get back to get the head back above the water. like the system is trying to take us out. That's the whole point you know, so look at the story um and uh make sure you you um read their statements about why they were doing what they were doing because uh that was a third protest, like one of the articles said that was a third protest since December um, the conditions are inhumane uh they feel like they're gonna die, and they had to do something because their complaints were not being heard. And that's the same thing that's going on all around the nation. That's the why we're saying that we all have to come together, all of our supporters, all of the people who help us. That has to be shown and proven by helping us bring us together, 2.5 million, an incarcerated nation. 2.5 million, we have to, we have to be brought together. We have to be un- unified. And that's what we need our supporters to do, to help us make that happen. If you're talking to someone who's incarcerated, bring them to us. Get us connected. Get us on the phone because we have to fight for our freedom in order to save our life. We don't have a choice. Um, We've got another execution coming up um, in the state of Alabama. I'm sure everyone has been seeing that posted over social media and whatnot. And um, I got some comments about that. That's one of the things we're going to be talking about is the way this advocacy is working around the death penalty and how you know, when someone's execution date comes up, people sharing all over social media, woo woo, woo. when no execution date, they're hard to find. You know what I'm saying? You got to bring this, this, this conversation has to be brought out into the street. It has to be protested at these death camps where they have these execution chambers at. When they get ready to take a life, people have to be there. You know, people have to be there to show up and support. People on death row don't have access to computers and stuff. They don't know the the degree and intensity of the fight that's being waged for their lives because it's not being presented in a form that they have access to. But if you go and crowd these prisons and apply pressure to people on the inside, we'll know what's going on. They'll understand the fight. You know, that'll allow us all to fight a little harder. We need to be on every death row in America. The National Freedom Movement needs to be on every death row in America. You know, because we need to be taking action together. We have to take a stand against the system, the conditions, uh, the way we're being treated. You know, when the drop of blood hits the ground, that's all of our blood, one drop of blood. and next time a brother is murdered by correction officer, that's us. We are absorbing that pain. Our body, you know, we are all one in this fight right here, in this fight for food. And we need to be fighting together we need everyone. If you out there, if you're involved in any form or fashion, we don't care what title you go going, we want to know is can you help us bring 2.5 million people together around the country to stand as one in this, uh, in this, uh, in this fight for our lives that we find ourselves in, in, in American death camp. And uh, we want to hear from our callers you know, about these things that are going on. In Virginia, we saw Virginia just passed a law to abolish the death penalty, a deep south state. It's change coming. But it still ain't freedom. It abolished the death penalty. That's great. Now we got to get free. You know what I'm saying? They changed the law. That's great. We still want freedom. In the national Freedom of And we want to hear from you all tonight on this conversation. Now other things going on in other places around the country. You gotta call Go ahead, caller. Thank you for coming on live from the plantation. Nine five two oh, your line is open. Hey man,
7: this is how y'all brothers doing. This ain't nobody but brother Elijah. It's good to be here tonight. Mm-hmm. You brothers are on, on target tonight, man. I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation. And I just want to throw a little something out there because I notice every year during legislative sessions that they always seem to pass bills targeting the nonviolent offender. I mean, every year they come up with a different bill to help the nonviolent offender, but you're not doing anything to help the violent offenders. So I just wanted to throw that out there tonight, you know, on the floor, and see if anybody else had paid attention to that. Because to me, the majority of the prisons in Alabama here is overcrowded with what Alabama considers violent offenders. Myself, my case is considered violent offender, but nowhere else in the history of my life, in my entire life, that shows any type of violence. So. I'm throwing that out there tonight. Why are they always trying to do something for the non-violent, which are few, and won't do anything for the violence? So they say violence, which is so many. But anyway, brothers, y'all, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this show, and I thank you all. for Let me cheer.
5: Let me all uh, get there, brother. Oh, uh, thank you too, brother. Lions. I know you, and I appreciate the kind words you give to me every day. You inspire me, bro. Oh. Uh, well he's talking about it, House Bill 24 that was just passed And that was dealing directly With a uh, release for the non-violent Criminals giving them uh, the ability To go back and be resentenced right? And they continue to do things like this But this speaks directly To my situation because This is my first time in prison And I done did 15 on the 20 And it's because they say that My crime is violent And my, my, uh, I had a, a previous violent crime Which both of them According to my actions, I've never been a violent person. I've never held a gun in my hand. I've never touched another human being. I've never committed a violent act in my life. But the way they got their law structured in Alabama, they can sentence me behind what another man does just as if I did it too. You see what I'm saying? So you got a lot of people trapped behind the fence underneath this title of violent crime that ain't violent, that ain't committed a violent act. All right, and then you got other aspects to it, too, that brothers need relief on. You got brothers who are defending themselves in all types of different scenarios. So I was just speaking on mine. Now, also, in 2012, we had a brother going down to the parole board and getting information dealing with this subject. Uh, his name was Brother James. He was a sponsor for the Nation of Islam coming in the prison system. And what Brother James found out was that the violent crimes that they keep holding wasn't a part of the recidivism rate. But the non-violent that they keep allowing to come in and jump on the trampoline and play like this a playground and go in and out and in and out, they the revolving door. So the people that done did in little short time and keep doing the short time, they coming in and out, in and out, in and out. But those of us who done did 10 years or more, the nine out of 10 of us, we go out and we stay out. We don't come back because no man that done been through this hell a decade, two decades, especially unjustly, would do anything to put himself in a position to come back to it. And they know that. That's why they hold us, because they'll lose their cash crop if they let us go. Secondly, it's politics. They want to keep everybody, but they can't. So for the relief public outcry, they have to release someone. Who better to release than the few little nonviolent people who don't care about coming back two, three times anyway, because they're doing two years, 18 months, and they think it's a game. They ain't felt the pressure. They ain't felt the pain yet. You know what I'm saying? So that's how they keep their system propped up, keep it going and keep those inside who have learned the system, who would go outside and teach it to others. You know what I'm saying? All of this comes into play. All of this takes effect. A lot of us, they don't want to go back to our communities because they know what we're going to teach our community. They know what we got to give them. They know what we've been doing with our time, and they don't want that. We are considered a threat to their system, so they want to keep us as long as possible. Sometimes they even try to antagonize us and make us crash out so they can keep us longer. But uh, I just wanted to say that, man. Thank you for letting me speak on that. All back. right.
4: And also, um, y'all pay pay attention to the little games and treatment Like when they sentence you, they tell you, "Well, we didn't have no the judge. I don't have any choice." The, the legislator then uh, the legislator makes it mandatory. I gotta give you this. It's mandatory. When they give you life without parole, they will tell you it's mandatory. I don't have a choice. But when they come with these so called reform bills, it's all discretionary. When they go back in front of the judge, the judge has discretion to say yes or no. You know, when it comes to to, to snuffing your life out, they make that mandatory. When it comes to possibly giving you a, a rainbow of hope, it's discretionary, and discretion is in all of their decisions. See, but the second part of this thing about the the classification of violent and nonviolent energy is that it's a legitimate exercise of power. It's a it's an illegitimate. It's not a legitimate exercise of power for them to be able to make their decision about you. You know, this authority that they have in their discretion is not a legitimate exercise of power. That discretionary component of their exercise of power is what we have to challenge, you know, because they'll tell us, when they charge us and convict us and give us all this time, you know what I'm saying? they tell us that we are being responsible, irresponsible, for the decision that we made to put ourselves in prison. And the judges tell you, you don't have no choice in giving you dissent because this is what the legislature said. So what we're saying is that this is an illegitimate exercise of power. We should be the one, the same one that you said, that's being held accountable for the decision that put us in these situations. And we're saying that we want to be the same people that are responsible for what it takes to get us out of these situations. But every time we get in your arena, whether it's the parole board or the courts, y'all say it's in y'all's discretion. That discretion has to be taken away. You know, we have to, the discretion in the system has to be removed. People have to be given an opportunity to know. This this, this 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 lack of knowing um this 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 begging being thrown at the mercy of our captain of our captain. These the people that's holding us in captivity. You telling me one hundred percent of the decision to get me in here is on me, but one hundred percent of the decision to get me out is on you. It's not ex. That's, that's not legitimate. That's not legitimate. That's not legit. That's why we pushing for this mandatory parole criteria in the national freedom movement. It's national. It's universal. It's gonna apply to everybody. You know. They have to come up with a set criteria, like Brother Mitchell just, just told you all of his accomplishments and achievements of being incarcerated. There has to be a criteria set for what he needs to do and when he meets that criteria. His parole day come up. He, his release has to be mandatory. There cannot be no more discretion because you said that he the one that made the decision and brought him here. Then you told him, well, this is what you need. This is what your decisions are." So if he made a decision to go and get all of it, then the decision about his freedom has been placed in his hands. Now, it's different if he hasn't completed his curriculum. That's just something different. And the reason why is also important. But if he ain't completed a curriculum that says that your release is mandatory, then, you know, we have to figure out how we're going to decide that because, you know, that's who they told him we're responsible for fitness him, And you said that this is the reason, even though we know some of that is not legitimate too. Some of that is not legitimate but we're trying to create a sure pathway to freedom that takes away the discretion. That's what our focus is. We have to attack the discretion in the system in order to get relief. And in the parole aspect, we figured out that the discretionary component in the parole process is right there where there's no criteria. There's no objective standard. There's nothing that I can do to show that I'm worthy of being returned to society, no matter what I do. That right there has to be challenged. That's where the that's where the fraud, the corruption, and the illegitimate, the illegitimate exercise of state power comes in because the state has total control of the decision-making process, and they should not have that over anyone's freedom. The state should not have that much power over a person's freedom. Because now the call. freedom is not mine. Go ahead. Let's bring the car on.
6: All right. Nine one four seven, you are live from the plantation. Nine one four seven press one.
4: Press one to last so or visit are Nine one four seven live from the plantation.
6: I guess they're maybe they're muted or away from the phone. Then I'm not sure, but their hand okay. is up. I'll leave the mic open right. until.
8: Okay. All right. Is there hey, any other um, brother. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm in. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear. you. We can hear you. All right. Yeah, just, just um, this this line, with the calls Ray Louise and I'm just sitting here listening, and at the same time. Watching the bus because they got somebody in here and this guy he is a real cop So um I got to just keep an eye on him, but I'm listening to I'm listening and
3: right.
8: I like how you started off talking about the humanitarian crisis that That we in. and, and this is it's on the inside and on the outside, you know, and It's, it's like a, something I was saying the other day in a post when you when you mix slavery and racism into the picture, you know, into the company of people, you just you turn the whole situation into a nightmare. And it's it's hard, you know, to to get justice like that, you know, when, when when you leave the situation with those type of ingredients. Like Malcolm said in his quote, he he's like when you mix those ingredients into the picture that 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 stops that kills life, you know, that, that, that kills everything, you know, everything that's, that has to do with life, you know, liberty, freedom, the pursuit of happiness, it, 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 it disrupts that process, you know, so it, it, it seems to me, we, we just have to, like you say, and, and, and that's why there's an illegitimate exercise of power. We have to get rid of, We have to take that out to figure out a way of how we can, like you say, when we challenge that illegitimate exercise of power, you know, and, you know, create, create, get ourselves into a force, some type of organizational force to be able to make them respect our humanity, you know, respect the dignity, you know, and the humanity of other people.
4: Right, and um, also, I, if you don't mind, I want you to speak on this, too, because, like, we talked about it, and parole, we're not asking for parole just as a matter of parole reform. That's not what we're asking for, parole. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that over and over. You're going to even repeat that, because we're not just fighting parole reform. We're fighting historical practices and conditions that have been imposed on us you know, in this institution that he just described mixed with slavery and racism. See, we've suffered for over 50-some years under the current model, over 400 years total. But the current model, this prison model, is over 50 years where the intensity of the oppression has turned up into a whole new level.
3: And so what
4: we're saying is that this parole mandate that we're putting forward, that we call calling the Pathway to Freedom, this is something that they owe to us based on the conditions we've been in, the injuries we have been sub- subjected to, in the historical practices of the mixture of racism and slavery. We're saying this is what I, this is the premise of what we're asking, uh, that we're presenting in our demand for this parole change. Can you talk about them um, injuries and in that
3: condition?
8: Um, they they they're real, brother. You you know the the. I mean, when they, when 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 the Congress passed the Thirteenth Amendment into law, and that became um, the law of the land, and and, and you know we, it, it, it seemed like they was abolishing slavery, but they created a loophole so that it can continue through the system of law and order, the system we call or we know as criminal justice. So. Um, and, and, and when you just look at everything that happened after that amendment was passed, how the freedmen and free women was targeted um through through, through black codes and, and and creating these little offenses and stuff you know that um led to them being apprehended you know because they 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 were just making anything a crime you know at that time. And and, and so when you just look at, you know, the the lynching that took place, the segregation, you know, just all those crimes against humanity, when you just look at that. And, you know, for those of us that know about the, the, uh, the, the documentary on Netflix, cocaine, crack, corruption, and conspiracy, and you look at how the United States, through the CIA, um ended up in some type of illegal arms deal with Iran and and dropping weapons off with Iran and then taking up the siege the profits from that and funding the Contra War and how all this led to the Contras, the Nicaraguan Contras. And the CIA officials making some type of deal to where these drugs were... Was able to be flown on U.S. aircraft into the United States and, and, and particularly, African American communities. So, you know, just looking at that, you know, documentaries like that, you you see the whole hypocrisy of the war on drugs, you know, and um and, and what Reagan was saying, you know, and, and and all that stuff at the time, and and, and um so it, there's a lot of harm, you know, when you talk of Damages and harm, you know, is a, a lot of lies, you know, people, um, be, because because of this affair, that this drug trafficking affair with the United States involvement, and people can go and watch it on Netflix. I mean, it's 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 out there. You could read about it. Um, it's lives that was lost, you know, be, be, because of that. People that, um. Uh, it, it 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 provided a, a um it, it 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 provided an illegal um way for people to be able to hustle on the street and make money because the United States couldn't for some reason or another they couldn't produce the jobs they couldn't come up with the jobs you know there was a lot of you know you, you, high unemployment rates at that time so it was like. You know, something has to be done. And, and, and it seems as though when a lot of cheap cocaine and, and crack and these different drugs start to be available, when, he, when it was made available in the streets and in, in our hood, you know, it, it, it seemed like the, 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 the protests for jobs and justice kind of, you know, kind of start to lower, you know, and because and, 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 people was now, you know, drug, um, trade that drug trade that became a job, you know, where we was making fast and quick money and stuff, so, but just looking at all of it, the lives that was lost, the, the people that ended up addicted, you know, both of my parents um, ended up um, being addicted because of this, 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 this thing here we're talking about, you know, with the United States' involvement with bringing drugs in this country, um, it, 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 the, the harm, the, the damage that it's caused is just is is massive. We would have to have experts to actually come in, you know, in a town hall or something, and, and and just talk to the people about the harm, the injury, the damage, you know, that we have sustained from you know this 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 hypocritical war on drugs and and um the. And just down through the generations, you know, that of um of the the this this system we have been dealing with of 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 slavery and oppression after the Civil War. So it's 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 a lot. We will have to have some damage experts come in and um, talk to us about that.
4: Thank you. Um, and also, you know, it's particular laws that are in place right now that makes this, this thing continue. And so when we talking about this parole mandate that we're putting out, this, this, is, this, is, um, this, is, these, this is a form of reparations demand for what he just described, that they did to us starting with this war on drugs and this, 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 this the re-enslavement or mass incarceration, whichever one you prefer. But we're talking about the lives that were lost in the street. We we're talking about the deliberate and intentional actions of the government. See, the federal government can't tell us that they can't implement a mandatory parole criteria because the federal government implemented the War on Drugs, the Crime Bill, the Senators Reform right. Act, the the uh, Prison Litigation Reform Act, the anti terrorism They implemented all of these things and imposed them on the states through financial consideration. So they can't tell us that they can't push this mandate. And what I want you all to understand is that this parole mandate they were requ- requesting is being backed by that history that you just heard. The suffering, all the people who died in prison because of all of the people who received uh, capital punishment, all of the innocent people who were wrongfully convicted, all of the time that they served. You can't tell us that you can't take a chance on this and that. You didn't already destroyed and destroyed and destroyed you owe us taking this chance. You owe us all of this. This is a, this is a payment for what you did need. You know what I'm saying? So don't That's think that like this is just a, a piece of legislation that we request. This is a form of reparations that these people owe us for what they've done, that the history of records proved clearly and you know, And I'm talking about just in the current form, the current form from Nixon on us to today. I'm just talking about that current form because they started a whole new – um, process from these people, you know, when we're saying that when you add that all up, and from our perspective on these plantations, and we look at our experiences and what we've been subjected to, and what we go going through today, then we're saying that, you know, there ain't no room to negotiate, and you can't be talking about you can't do it because you did all of this. You did all okay. of these things. So, uh, and, Thank you, sir. We have, have another caller, brother. Um, okay. Let's bring the caller on, and then alum will follow the call.
6: All right. Five nine nine three. You're live from the plantation. Five nine nine
3: three. <coughs> Hello.
2: <coughs>
3: you might want to unmute
6: yourself if you're on mute. Five nine nine three. No, he's unmuted That alarm is coming from him for her Alright
4: okay. All right Okay, go ahead, Brother Ilama We're going to have to get that noise on yeah. The host queue Alright, there we go And if you okay. want to come back on Just press one and we're going to bring you back on Thank you. Go ahead, Brother Ilama
8: Alright, so You know, as you were talking I was just thinking about the um, the federal county intelligence program and you know and you, you look at that you know that was a, a, a report and I I read highlights of it in books books that was printed by all um, authors where they talked about how the, the FBI under the administration of J. Edgar Hoover how he illegally um, surveil Dr. King and other civil rights leaders and black power rights advocates at the time during the sixties and stuff and I and I guess the early seventies too. Um and, and 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 just just from the highlights I recall reading, you 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 would see that the, the that they seem to be the, the department seemed to be trying to undermine the civil rights movement and, and to destabilize, you know, the, the vilified leaders, the leaders, you know, in, in in the different groups at that time. Whether it was um, the Students for Democratic Society or uh, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference or uh, uh, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, the Black Deacons. You had a lot of groups. And it and it in the report and, and like I said, I read really highlights of it, but not the whole thing. It was a report that came out years, some years later, that talked about the federal counterintelligence program and and just you know, like the brother was saying earlier about how when we when when we begin to come together to address the issues and and, and we start coming with a solution. To deal with the problem, like Dr. King and, 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 and the groups at that time, they they had Lyndon B. Johnson investigate because it was a lot of um, arguing back and forth about how the way to deal with the violence that was erupting in the in the cities in the sixties. And so some you you had you know people on the right talking about law and order, and then you had you know progressives you know people on the other side of the political sp- spectrum. And they was talking about community development, community reinvestment, connecting people with the resources and things that they need to thrive. So it looked like finally these the progressive people got Johnson to do Lyndon Johnson to do an investigation called the and, and he set up two commissions, I think one of them was the Cots and Back Commission and then the other one was the Kerner Commission. And both both reports came back and showed that um that it was inequality that was causing the violence, that was causing, you know, the trouble on the streets. You know, it, it wasn't just how, you know, people on the right was trying to make it look like like we was just out here just causing trouble, you know, and just you know, we wasn't interested in nothing else but just being bad, just causing trouble. You know, this wasn't the case. And 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 so with a lot of organizing and pressure, Lyndon Johnson, these both of these reports came back and, and, and said that that, it, it, that the reason why this was happening, it was tied to poverty, to inequality. So he created, in his administration, he created this program called the Great Society, which was a program that consists of funding for um to help you know people you know working class families to deal with the, the issues that were um that were were, were were causing the problem so you had a lot of funding on hand for community de- you know block grants and stuff for community development for um life skills job skills you know different different types of stuff like this but unfortunately after the assassination of dr of Malcolm King dr X. Malcolm X and this federal county intelligence program, you know, it, 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 then Johnson abandoned a great society. He abandoned that, and not to say that 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 was something that would have helped. I, I don't know what it would have helped or not, but it's just something I'm throwing, that I'm pointing out. You know, the, the events that took place, but it's just when you look at all this, you know, man, it's it's it's, it's the, the, just the the, the federal and counterintelligence intelligence program itself, you know, is, is something to highlight too in any claim for um for reparations or just you know, li- you know, we can just we don't even have to say reparations. We can just say you know, um, make it out of a tort claim, you know, some kind of tort claim, and, 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 and point out how these policies, you know, whether under the state government or federal government, cause harm. This, this harm and this injury and this damage to these particular people right here.
3: I agree.
4: I understand. I understand, and that's why I'm saying that um, when we're talking about this parole issue, we want people to understand that this, this has um, historical components to it of suffering and damages that we feel like, you know, this is what has to be done to address those just on the parole side. You know, on the resource side, he talked about some of the the, the laws that were passed, um, the cartel aspects of it, but those were surveillance laws that were passed during that era also. Um, And so what we're going to do on the other side, we're going to talk about some of the legislation and also some of the funding within that legislation That was used to create this this monstrosity, and we want to have these funds redirected to just like the programs that he just talked about were in there. I think it was called the Werner or Werner report, um, the final report. But you know, there are programs and community development and needs uh, that can be provided, and the funding is already there, but they've used that funding over in the past to cause us harm. And so now we're, we're demanding these funds be redirected um, as, a, as a repayment uh, for the injuries and damages that they've caused. And we've identified the laws, and we're going to be breaking them down, and we're going to be talking about those laws as part of our, um, our webinar that we're going to do on parole, the pathway to freedom. Uh, this is the journey that we're on, and, uh, you know, we're fighting for freedom and nothing else. And uh, we're going to carve out our own path. Um, some of the laws that you're going to hear is going to be already familiar to you. They're part of the um, the uh, Ten Demands from J.I.'s Lawyer Speak. Uh, demand 3 and 4 talks about two of these laws in particular. Um, and we're going to talk about a few more laws uh, that were just part of this package of this is the web, this is the system uh, that's in place that, that allows this thing to operate, and this is where we've been injured at. So all of these laws are unconstitutional. They're all uh, deny equal protection. They all represent nefarious intent on the part of our government to wage a domestic war against inner cities, poor people, black people, brown people, uh, poor whites, uh, for just just um, just the worst and evil means and intents known to man. So. We're going to take a break, uh, we're going to go through a little music We're going to come back on the other side uh, You are live from the plantation uh, Brothers hey, calling Benjamin. in, we encourage you to press 1, make your voices heard um, And we'll be back shortly Hey Bennett Yes sir
6: Before we go to the music break, can I ask a quick question of you and, and, and any other speakers here Did you get a chance to see yesterday's event uh, through the Abolish Slavery National Network? I saw some of it. I don't know about the uh, the other speakers. I did get a chance to catch some of
5: it, though. Uh, any commentary on it? Hey, I was just <laughs> no. speaking. I was just telling a brother about that, Max. And if you could, please elaborate very quickly. Uh, you know, however, just elaborate for us real quick because uh, I got him right here and he want to hear it.
6: Yesterday, the Abolished Slavery National Network had its quarterly meeting. It's our second one. We've really only been in existence for six months. In the course of that six months, we've gotten 30 states involved in slavery abolition in three different stages. Yesterday, uh, we had our meeting where it started with Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon uh, represented talking about the federal resolution to repeal and replace the 13th Amendment. Then the Queen Mother of Benin came on and spoke as as representative of Benin, the, the country, the Queen, and also of the UN. And then about 11 people came on different uh, positions, you know, assembly people, Congress, uh, whatever, to talk about the states where they have legislation already in place to end slavery in that state. It was epic and an amazing, uh, huge, historical moment.
4: Yeah, I'm great. Um, like I said, I did get a chance to catch uh, some of it. I didn't even just want to come in because I didn't get to see the whole thing, so my comments may not, you know. I hear you, bro. But, uh, I, uh, I, I But I to will say, I'll say real, this, though. I mean, I'm, I'm, I will say this, Max, you know, uh, and I'm not ashamed to say this. Like, um, when that conversation is being held, you know how I'm going to defend the rights of the people on the inside to be a part of it. And that's the one of the things that, like, I'm always looking for. You know, these conversations are legitimized by the voices of the people who are uh, behind the enemy walls. Um, so I'll just say that. Like I said, I don't know if after the parts where I'm speaking that some people came on who are actually enslaved right now. Um, so I don't know. But like, you know, that's 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 um to me, that's one thing. I feel like we, we always have to be um, have seats at the table in these conversations. Number two, is um like what I'm talking about now with these other laws that make the system work. Like, you know, the, the, the objective, you know, it's, it's it's the way you frame it. You know, it's one thing to say, I want to abolish slavery. It's another thing to say, I want freedom. You know, because when you abolish a, a slave law that no one goes free under, then, you know, it's like a, it's an illusionary victory. So I'm saying that for us having the conversation like the Ten Demands, they have particular laws that have been listed. Um, for us in the national freedom law, we know the particular laws that they that they're using to wage this domestic war and genocide against us. So like those those have to be part of the package because freedom is the objective, you know, and so that that's the that's the criteria, that's the standard. And um I just wanna hear that part of the conversation, like where's the freedom gonna be realized? When are we going free? Because that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for our freedom. You know, we're we'll to take our freedom now, and they can change their laws later. You know, it's our freedom that what we want. And so uh, those are just my comments. And uh, I guess we'll go to the break, and we'll come yeah, back out on the other side of the break. We can follow up can on that. And then I want to talk about these laws.
3: All right.
6: Okay. Yeah. We'll move on. Black Codes, J.P. Rivers.
1: It's a cold world, survival spirit and it got me feeling so dull But Lord knows,
3: I wanna be free
1: Mm. Oh no, familiar with the lows But we ain't slowing down, my people got somewhere to go And Lord knows, we wanna be free Let me holler at you about this target on my back, could it be paranoia? Confronted death a couple times, I'm feeling ready for ya. Angels flying over me, hey, how is heaven for ya? I know a lot of Englishes, I swear it isn't normal. One for the papers that they write up in the ivory tower. One for my people, let it shine, you know we got the power. I was in the field, fine flowing what we wanna be. Monsters come along so they could trample Want me underneath. Roll rose towards the sun, I'm overcoming wonderfully. The light be touching me to tell me. Tell your people, come and see Yeah, so come and see You know we will It don't matter what the evils throw We grow up still Black gold, coast, switching It's a cold world Survival spirit in it Got me feeling so girl. But Lord knows I wanna be free Oh no, familiar with the lows But we ain't slowing down My people got somewhere to go And Lord knows We want to be free. i feeling like I'm not supposed to be here. If we wanna stop this the three yeah. Make a legal and invest in school for free, yeah. Free got my people, we need a heat check. We on the road despite the cold cuts. I do not know what force can hold us. We got the shoulder flow was robust. go on this road, I know I'm focused. Oh oh oh. We gon' rise up to the top and we ain't gonna stop. No matter what they block, no matter who the opp, no matter what the ops, the codes In the end, you gon' talk about how we rolls. Oh yeah. We gon' win, get to breaking all your codes. Yeah yeah. No way to the moon, we don't float, oh, oh It don't matter what the evil throw, we glow It don't matter what the evil throw, we glow Black, cold, cold switching, it's a cold world Survival spirit in it got me feeling so girl. But Lord knows I wanna be free Oh no Familiar with the lows But we ain't slowing down My people got somewhere to go And Lord knows We wanna be free Would you speak for me if I fly away Don't let them turn me into just another name Think about me, don't you let my life fade Away, 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 away This world got too go cold for me I know you got plenty more to see I to give my soul some peace. Away, 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 Rest in peace, Isaiah.
3: Rest in peace, damn thing.
1: Rest in peace, all the lost ones. Gonna forever have a seat at the table. People will never forget. No matter how far you are. Right here.
2: That's all right. Just go ahead and do what they don't expect. You've been doing that your whole life. You got that gumbo, boy?
4: All right. Back on the other side. Great song, great choice. Um, Black codes all over again. is uh, what We're going to start off on in the second side. These are the laws. It's the uh, 1984 Senate Reform Act. Which was part of the Comprehensive Crime Control Act of 1984. Um, the Truth and Sentencing Act of 1993. That's another one of the slave laws. Uh, the uh, Anti Drug Abuse Law is another one of the laws. Uh, the Crime Bill, the one that we're all familiar with, of 1996 is another one of the laws. The Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act is is another one of the laws. And the Prison Litigation Reform Act is one of the laws. Um, Don't be deceived by the title of the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act. That's the the, the title that they use to strip the habeas corpus away, the right to serve habeas corpus away for anybody. They labeled it an Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty after the uh, Oklahoma City bombing <clears throat> And they use that So that if you get so much As a shoplifting case If you have to file a federal habeas Corpus petition It's going to be filed under the the, um, the um, Statutes created in the Anti-terrorism effective death penalty act So uh, don't be deceived by the language It did not cover terrorism Or the death penalty cover It wiped out habeas Corpus uh, But the thing that all of these laws have In, in common is that they are all federal laws and all of them have packages as a part of them uh, to provide funding to the states to pass certain types of laws. The mandatory minimums on the state side came because of these legislative acts. The habitual offender laws came because of these. Um, the, the violent and nonviolent classification that we're talking about came from these laws. Um, the habitual offender, I, don't know if I already mentioned that, but the parole, the removal of good time credits, all of those laws on the state level were influenced by these federal laws and the funding um, strings that were attached to them telling them they can get these funds. The new prisons, when you talk about they built a new prison every eight days, all of that was funded through these federal laws, and that's the reason why we know that the federal government can craft legislation uh, extending a mandate for the states for what the harm that they've done and that's how we have to frame our argument. That's how this, this push has to go. Um, even within our abolitionist ambitions, the movement that we're building to abolish the 13th Amendment and the state laws, there are other laws that have to be added to that in order for us to be free, in order for us to, to, to come out from under the totality of the system. And by that, by that I mean in order for us to get our freedom. You know, these are the laws that are in place to carry out those statutes and constitutional amendments, and these are the laws that stand between us and our free. So uh, we have to figure out how to sh- strategically um, challenge those but put them in their proper context so people understand that it's a, it's a well. it's a well and there's money involved, and that the funding can be redirected to um, heal and rebuild instead of continuing to oppress and ensnare and damage and brutalize and beat and name and kill and on and on and on and on and on. You know, this is how we are gonna have to do it. Money has to be redirected and uh, the laws have to be changed, and it's all federal. Everything is all federal. It looks like the states are doing it, but the feds is paying for. Feds is making it possible. So that's what we gotta make sure we spend quite a bit of time uh, in their face, letting them know that we know. That this is what has to happen, all right, brother Max. Um, you wanted to come in? Uh, pardon um, me. Yes, yeah, I think you said you have you had wanted to follow up. I asked you to pause on the other side, so now you can. know uh, I told you I wanted to just get those laws out there and then mm-hmm. I wanted to bring you back in so you can finish your thoughts.
6: Oh, uh, th- it's not much more to say. I, I just did want to point out that we. Had two speakers on there who were formerly incarcerated, one from Texas, one from Louisiana, Brother Curtis Davis and David Johnson. Uh, I think Curtis has been over 25 years and, and now he's leading the movement in Louisiana along with Brother Alomba uh, to get their slavery clause abolished. And I know that freedom is the main goal, it's the main goal for the Abolished Slavery National Network as well. But we realize nothing short of a full revolution it's gonna get people out as quickly as we want them out. Uh, so whatever we do, it's gonna take some time. I don't know how much, we're aiming for total abolition of slavery in two years. At one point it was like seven years, but now we've got it down two years where we could possibly do it. And then once slavery is illegal, um, we're gonna work on that from there. There you go. All
4: right, all right. Thank you, appreciate it, appreciate it. Um, Anybody else in the uh, host, school want to add some commentary on the conversation we're having tonight talking about?
5: Um, yeah, what got, about man, I was talking about, I want to go go ahead, point go out ahead. that, uh, man, as I'm standing here and um uh, I'm listening to the program go on mute, I'm relaying everything that's going on to the population around me and feeling hope and fortitude and, and unity and dedication and to the brothers and trying to uplift their spirit, you feel me? Because that's what we got to do. That's what we must do first and before, before we do anything. We got to come together on the inside. And we have to make a conscious decision that we're going to unify and we're going to run this demo and we're going to do it in a certain way. And then we bring our families together on the outside. What you said, two and a half million people, two family members apiece. You feel me? You got a $5 million, or uh, $5, uh, five million, uh people for us. You feel me? But... Bro, I, 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 I always try to keep hope alive, and I glorify and shed light on every move that y'all make and relay it to these people because that's what they need to hear, bro. They need to hear that they people fighting for them. They need to know that this shit real. They need to know what time it is, and then right now is the time for them to get involved. You see what I'm saying? Because all hands got to be on deck, or it ain't going to work. So when you're dealing with us, bro, the main reason why we don't come together is because they always wipe the leader out. There's always one strong enough. There's always one raised and birthed amongst us but they can carry that and tote that. Bro. They can articulate our struggle. They can be the voice of the people. They can stand on that. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got to get behind that man or them men, and they got to follow them. They got to give them their energy. They got to give them their resources. They got to give them everything they got, and they got to stick to it. And these guys, say, go. They go. When these guys say sit down, they sit down. That's how it's got to be, bro, or it's not going to work, fam. You feel me? And I'm telling you now, bro, it's evident by action who that is for us so we know who our voices are. You know what I'm saying? They got one laid up in the hospital. We listening to one right now. And they got help, bro, and we got help, fam. So you got to be a part of that, bro. You got to bring everything you got to that, fam. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Ain't nothing, bro. We can do it. Stick to it. Come with it.
4: Appreciate it being there. All right. We appreciate you uh, chiming in, brother. Long, still in the kill, man? my brother last?
8: Can, can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Y'all can? All right. Um, yeah, I'm just listening to everything, man. Um... um I think that whoever, whoever is listening to us, man, you know, whether, you know, it, it, it has to be, you know, like working from inside to outside the prison system to build this movement. So, uh, whoever is listening, you know, whoever we, could, you know, I'm just speaking to some of the stuff that the brother said on a call before me, you know, it, it, if we have people on inside that's listening, that's good. we keep building with them. If we have people on outside that's listening who 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 wherever they're coming from, we need to deal with them and 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 continue to to you know just reach out you know and and, and especially you know students like a lot of students out there it, it seems to be more aware nowadays about uh, you know the George Floyd movement seems to have a lot of people on the outside uh, thinking about the the very foundations of this system so we don't want to neglect students you know college students and university students because they're aware of a lot of this stuff that we're talking about we just have to we just have to find them and and, 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 uh, find somebody to where we can get You know, make our presence known in some of these clubs and and stuff on these college campuses because they have in some of these discussions the impacts of mass incarceration and stuff like that. Michelle Alexander, Alexander book, the new Jim Crow. You got you, you got groups that's in these colleges and universities that's having these discussions too. You know, they're not ignorant; they're aware of this stuff. I talk to a lot of students. It's just that we have to. Reach out to them, find them, connect with them, and try to bring our program—you know—get our program in, in, uh, inside in, in these clubs. Because once that happened, then that that will open us up to more support, more resources. You know, so I I just wanted to throw that out there, man, because you know that's 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 very important of connecting with the university yeah. system because they it, it, as I understand it they they that's what they're supposed to be committed to um, to humanitarian ideals and stuff you know and and um, the betterment and upliftment of society taking so society to higher you know heights, you know what I'm saying of of, of achievement you know and, and progress and, and, and beauty you know so you know that's 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 what the university is supposed to be for supposed to be for those type of
4: standards, those ideals of
8: beauty and truth, you know.
4: Yeah. And and um and in in them universes, you know, there is there but like again, like we are missing from the universities. Like they ain't letting us in these universes. There's a few of them that are allowing us in a couple phone calls or whatnot. But we're not just getting the access, but when we get in these spaces, how will we get there? However we get there, you know, people are looking, they they need to know what to do. The answer ain't going to always be in the university book, but they're not going to put the cost rate in a textbook and make it a course or the National Freedom Movement or Free Alabama or, you know, they're not going to put abolition today on just, you just, they ain't giving us that access. But when we do get access, when we do get into contact with people, we need to make sure we tell them the same thing, you know, our movement is going to be based on our ability to reach 2.5 million people behind the fence. That's how we're going to be affected, 2.5 million people behind the fence. That first step, that first act, that first priority has to be to figure out a way to help us connect this well of 2.5 million people. That's when we'll be at full strength. We'll be at full strength on the inside and full strength on the outside. and people are safe, well, like you can't get all of them agree on nothing, this, and that, nothing, that nah. everybody behind this cage wants freedom. But people don't come talking about freedom, they come by talking about the other stuff. And that's how people get sidetracked. And that's how they keep us divided. But if the conversation is about freedom and nothing else, you can get the attention of people. But it's gotta be a clear pathway. That's why we're calling it the pathway a pathway to freedom. That's our hashtag for our parole um, for the National Freedom Movement right now. Because everything that we do, that's our intent, a pathway to freedom. Every challenge we make, every move we make, every step we take, we're going to be able to show the the, the, the freedom component. Of it. It's not just the action. It's a freedom component tied to the mandatory parole that we can point it out to you very plain and clear. And we can show you the specific. Because one of them, remember, reinstate federal parole and then the parole criteria. We can show you the specific law that took it away. We can show you specifically which component of the system we're attacking as a problem, which is the discretionary decision of the parole board. And then we can show you how many people are going to get free.
8: And, no? and can I interject and, and say this? Yes. All yes, right. I, I, I want to say this, too. And like you were saying and like the brother was saying, and, and we we... Education, and like the brother Kwame was saying, education is something that's, that's that's very fundamental in the movement building process. We have to enlighten our people about, we we have to, and, and we just created a timeline, a timeline of slavery, um, where we talk about the civil, where, where, where we, we, we use in graphics, a lot of pictures, and just a little bit of text to show the evolution of racism and slavery in the United States, beginning with antebellum slavery. Okay, then we, we have pictures of the Civil War. We know that was a fault about slavery, whether we should have slavery or not. Then we got another picture of Lincoln and, 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 and him being assassinated, and um, which marked it pretty much the, the beginning of the end of Reconstruction. And, um, and we just go down in history and talk about the black codes, lynching, segregation the drug war the, the uh, federal counterintelligence program and then mass incarceration so once we get people to see that to, to see what we know and there's documentaries out there already to help us you know because because people like to see graphics nowadays a lot of you know the, you know and, and, and when you can show them the graphics too we can tell it to them and then we can say hey go watch 13th amendment this documentary a whole, uh, hey, go watch this documentary. Um, um, cocaine, crack, corruption, and conspiracy. You know, and and, and that kind of, you know, and, and and we have books that people can go read. You know, by professors that study this stuff. So once students begin to see, you know, because because they once they see that, that's gonna break down the barriers because society right now look at us as. We did something wrong. That's why we're here. And so, therefore, um, you should um, not be crying about, you know, what, you know, what you're going through. You know, you, you can't do the um, time, don't do the crime. A lot of people is under that spell right there, and we have to break that spell through education. You know, and, and, and once we break that spell, it, it has to be done because that's the only reason. They succeeded, the, you know, with the, the, these nefarious and diabolical laws and policies you're sp- you speaking of. They succeeded by convincing the people. They convinced a lot of American people that the get tough on crime laws and all this stuff, that, 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 um, that it was important to pass these laws because of public safety, the crime rates and stuff that was happening. So in order to keep, in in order to break those barriers down, we have to use modern day tactics, but kind of of the same nature that Dr. King was using back then. We have to show them, and just like the brother on the call was saying earlier, we have to show them that, nah, this is not our intention. You trying to make it look like that we just all about uh, thug life and criminals and gangsters. Nah, that's not the case. You know, and then we prove it and show them, you know what I'm saying? We show exactly. them, you know, how the corruption happened to us, how the substance abuse, the mental illness, and all this stuff happened. We got, and, and, and once we get, and, and, and students are in a position, you know, to, to listen because they want to learn. And, and and if we can connect with them, and I have already they connected with them, with some of them, and, and some of the brothers that's listening, Probably have connected with some of the students because they the ones that have time that that look into this stuff and investigate this stuff and sometimes you have some working class people that have come on from work and they are looking to it too, you know. But it's important to connect with the students because once once the, the students have always been very instrumental when it came to freedom struggles, fights fights for freedoms, you know. And and and, and, and so you know if 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 we can get the students involved. You know, then I think that they are beginning to see the same thing we
7: see, and they
8: wouldn't mind working with us because they are looking at it the same way that Dr. King them was looking at it when they was done and, and the people at that time, when they did the sit-ins and stuff, the people knew that they was fighting against an unjust law. Segregation was an unjust law, so the people said, "We gonna violate this law. We gonna violate this law because this law is unjust." Okay what the, the the system that they got set up right now today once we pers- once we show people through evidence that the injustice of it, then I believe that there would be people that wouldn't mind sacrificing with us to violate these oppressive laws because we have to violate and, and in order to go forward, just like Dr. King I and mean, to see how they went forward they had to violate the laws of segregation at that time. And the laws of segregation still exist. They just modernize, like you say, with the the anti-terrorism effective death penalty act, the crime bills, and um, this prison. So they got us way in in, in the middle of the desert somewhere, and and they say, hey, all um, criminals, you know, and and, and stuff. So, you know, we segregated right now, you know, and people, you know, looking at us kind of suspicious and under-eyed and wondering, you know, should we be a part of something he talking about? So, like Kwame and everybody, we saying that we got to educate them, and once they become educated, then I think people will be willing to to um to do away with a lot of these unjust laws that's standing in the way of human progress.
3: Absolutely. You're yeah, I would military, like to speak but, on
8: in yeah. regards to what the
3: brother
5: oh, yeah. was just saying. Another rope of dope that they finna throw it for. And uh, I meant that Ben talked about this. House Bill 17, Alabama House Bill 17, 2021, gives Alabama uh, state and a state level, the regular law enforcement level, the ability to tap your phone, your email, all of your, your, your social media, everything for something as minor as possession of marijuana. This is, uh, you know, they're all over the Patriot Act, but it's only in Alabama. Why do they come with this legislation, this piece of legislation right here at this time when this woman signed a contract on two mega prisons? How many people do these mega prisons really hold? See what I'm saying? Because they're going to try to fill them up, and it's going to be a sweep, a net across Alabama, just like we've seen in the 80s and the 90s across the nation with the crack epidemic. But it seems as though Alabama is doing this and operating on their own on a state level. This is a piece of legislation that's got to be shot down. Right now it's engrossed at 50%. House bill, Alabama House Bill 17, 2021, they're going to get these people the right to listen to everything we say, to see every text message, every email, for minor petty drug offenses. Even if they think that you might be going to commit a drug offense, you ain't even got to do it. They can, The judge can sign a warrant for it. There's too much power for the state of Alabama to have over us. At the same time that they build building three mega prisons. thing,
4: yeah, and we ain't gonna get sidetracked by nothing they do. We still want our freedom. Everything they do, or so sometimes they come with legislation like this, like they know it don't it it, it don't stand, it can't stand with saying constitutional challenges. People are not gonna go for that. You know what I'm saying? But they are so stuff out there like this to get us sidetracked and off of the issue, even though they know that what they're doing ain't gonna be. See, the Republican Party is very crappy. They're very crafty. These shrewd, you know, we think about them as being, you know, uh, Hill business don't know what's going on. Woo, woo, woo. No, that's not the case, man. These people are very shrewd, savvy uh, businessmen, and they know this culture. They know this country. They know the times. They, you know, what I'm saying, they, 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 they on, they on point too, you know, and like. This um just just when we are talking about what we're owed, like just for example with the legislation, another piece of legislation they put out with with the habitual offender law. Okay, seventy five percent of the people in the state of Alabama who have been sentenced to life without parole under Alabama's habitual offender law are black. So that tells you that there is an element of racism in the application of that law. But the bill that they have on the table. Is only for nonviolent offenders dealing with the habitual offender law. But nonviolent offenders is not the only problem with that law. There are other problems with that law that the people who are putting these bills forward are not talking about. is the education process, again, going back to the education, you know. And so when 75% of the people who receive this sentence are black. That lets you know that this law can be challenged on a multitude of levels, but the level that they're challenging on is only discretionary. It's just another piece of legislation. So we can't be sidetracked or distracted by these Southern strategies. We have to stick to our strategy, which is we, we want freedom, man, nothing nothing else and nothing less. And so that's why I say it's an army, 2.5 million people that we need to tap into, and that until we do that as a force, until that's the sole and exclusive organized strategy, then we are always going to be going to battle uh, handicapped or deficient or not really ready for war because that effort has not been made to recruit all the soldiers that we have behind enemy lines that are willing to fight for freedom. There's a lot of people willing to fight for freedom. But the person who's willing to fight for a mandatory minimum is different from the person who's willing to fight for the death penalty. And that's different from the person who's willing to fight for life without parole. And that's different from people who have A5C. And that's different from people who have 50% until they get up for parole. And that's different from people who back on the technical body. And so that's how the people become divided. All of that right there. But all of us are united on freedom. So let's just bring that to the table. Let's organize around freedom, you know what I'm saying, and not all of these other things that are being used by the people on the outside, the news, and whatnot to keep us divided. So that's just the point I wanted to make with that. Let's not get distracted, man. Let's not get sidetracked Uh, by all these things going on around us. Let's just keep our focus on nothing but one thing, and that's freedom. And we know that the only way that we're going to get free is that there's about seven or eight different laws that are being used to enslave us to date. And those seven or eight different laws have to be strategically challenged. And that's what the National Freedom Movement, the Prison Lives Matter, incarcerated Louisiana, jailhouse lawyers speak, and any other inside-led organization that's fighting. That's what we want is our freedom. We ain't trying to be divided on this group or that group or that group or that group. Uh Uh-uh. Just three. You want to join live from the plantation, please? That's one. We want to hear from
6: I believe Mikael wanted to add some more to the conversation before we leave, and we got 30 Uh, minutes left. uh, No, that was it out there, House Bill
5: 17, because it really is, you know, that's, I'm watching their tactics in replay, and that's the thing. If you study history, you'll see that these people use the same tactics over and over again. So if you study your history, you won't keep falling for the same okie doke over and over again. You feel what I'm saying? You'll stop them somewhere. You feel me? But at the same time, like the brother was saying, that information has to be given out because you think because it's the information age that everybody knows what you know. But the, the fact is they don't. Because we sitting in here, you know, we, people got access to information and don't need. it. Some people got way more time to do their research and run down their, their rabbit hole than others. And you feel me? You automatically assume everybody know what you know, but they don't. So we got to get that information out there and unify around that. But like the brother said, we got to come together on the inside. It's going to take, you know, a, a major move, solid, a solidarity of us together to make that happen. And uh, like I said, man, when the folks say sit down, boy, you got to sit down because that's the only thing that's going to make something safe. You got to hit their money. This is a real cash crop. This, this this is a big business for them, and they finna boost operations. I'm trying to tell you that all of the signs point to they finna boost operations, and they're and they doing it on their own. And and we just going to sit by and let them do it. We said six months ago that Alabama was going to be uh, ground zero. We say Alabama was ground zero. Everybody know the prophecy. Everybody know the history. Everybody know what's going on down here. So you know what's up. And I'm with like what Benu said. First of all, we got to be un- of an understanding of that on the inside. You see what I'm saying? And on the outside, y'all got we got to come on with it. and We got to make everybody else aware. Well.
6: I think Savannah wants to say something as well. She said something about an update that she has in the chat room.
2: Hey, Can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh hey everybody. Um I have an update on Brother Jeremy. Um for those who I uh, don't know, Brother Jeremy um is um one of our associates on the inside for the National Freedom Movement. Um and he's incarcerated here in Texas. I think he's been in a little over twenty years and I got a stack of letters from him today, so I just want to read just a little bit from one of the letters. Um, So this is an update from Jeremy. It says, um, your description about the situation here uh, is an understatement. I think terrified instead of terrified is more appropriate word to describe the men here. The white ruling class emits petrifying diffusion of violence, use of force, and chemical agents as intimidation that's pretty frightening. The porters came through here from the general population area, all filled with stories of terrorism. They're being worked 12 to 16 hours a day without proper PPE. They haven't issued masks in the 15 days that I've been here. At the end of their work shift, the TDCJ guards are refusing showers. Instead of preparing sack meals for the entire unit, they're preparing hot trays in the kitchen and loading them onto roast infested food carts and pushing the food carts down the building. Of course, by the time the food reaches us, it's ice cold. I asked one Porter, why are people accepting this form of mistreatment? And his reply is, everyone is scared. They've witnessed what happens to a person who speaks up for their basic human rights. A full range of violence, which ultimately ends with being placed into a freezing cell like I was, without a mattress, blanket, soap, or basic hygiene. Nice people, huh? Public servants, huh? How do we, as a collective, hold them responsible? I have nothing of any value in here but my dignity and self-respect. This entire experience only drives home the importance of our collective national freedom movement. We have to rid the half-hearted people with false motives. This type of work requires full measure because there are lives at stake. These guys I'm surrounded by, to them, parole means absolutely nothing because they've already been destroyed. It's not far-fetched to think that they could walk around their neighborhoods tossing feces on people. That might sound comical, but it's true. If a person is returned back into their communities more damaged mentally and physically than when they have left, why is the prison not being held accountable? And that's just an excerpt from the letter that he sends. Uh, of course, you know, if you know Jeremy, this letter is full of action items including um, you know folks to contact down to um, legislative officials and some of them I've been in contact with so I'll follow up. Um, but this is just one of the great things that we said about you know building this coalition from the inside out um, and being able to have somebody to reach out to when you you're going through these types of things uh, he did say that he was on a hunger strike for the first few days, and he's already down 12 pounds. Um, he said the first six days of his hunger strike, he had a sign out there that said no food, no medicine, I believe it was. He said everybody just passed by him. He didn't see the nurse for the first five or six days. And if you know protocols and you know um, you know, the nurse is supposed to see um, and assess the person when they're on a hunger strike, just because we know what biologically um happens uh when you go without food and without water so um i'll be following up of course the for justice is the outside support for the state of texas and right now the majority um of the south so um we'll be following up and making sure that brother jeremy is okay in there but i just wanted to um bring his voice into this space for this evening
4: Well. all right, we appreciate that um, and glad to hear from him because we've been um we've been working on networks and stuff and you know when I hear a letter like that, you know people i'm um I'm a complicated person like any other individual i'm I'm, I'm complicated too um, I have my good days and bad days, my good qualities, and bad qualities but so I'm no different from anybody else, but like I know my position in life. And I know who is standing in this position with me. You know, I don't have to know a person or been in, you know, it doesn't require a physical interaction for me to have a, a spiritual connection to the brother who just described what he's going through in Texas because I've been through the same thing in Alabama and I know other people have been through the same thing in California and Louisiana and Mississippi and Georgia and Florida and, and Michigan and and Indiana and Illinois. just I know people been through the same thing. So that's why every you know my my message is the inside, you know, the inside the the outside people. If you if you're going to be helping us, there's no I mean our conditions on the inside demands that the attention is directed to the inside. I mean. You can't. You cannot say
3: that
4: you are helping us and you're not helping us. I'm going to say that again. You cannot say that you're here to help us or that you're helping us or that you're supporting us and you're not helping us. Because these conditions on the inside are such that the level of human suffering, the humanity in you, the humanitarian in you um, would not allow you to take your attention off of this stuff. I mean, you know, but people in society are going through things too. You know, this pandemic is affecting everybody. It's affecting everybody. So people have to protect themselves first and foremost. But what I'm saying is that when we're talking about when you're talking about the folks on the inside and what you're doing and criminal justice reform and this and that, if that part of your of what you're doing and what you're going through, if it, that part of it doesn't start, we're trying to help us connect 2.5 million people. Then you ain't really helping us, you know, because while you're doing the other stuff, we're being we're being wiped out, like we're being wiped out. And uh, this situation that Jeremy's going through. People have, mo- have to mobilize against that. We've got to mobilize against these conditions to preserve life in the, in, the, in the process of mobilizing for free. The conditions have to be changed because I said at the beginning of the show, I said it after Brother Mikael,
3: uh, y'all heard
4: what Brother Ilamba had to say, so I'm going to say it again. We cannot survive this. We can't physically survive these conditions if they continue to go unaddressed. So we need people to assist us in this education process because our strategy is freedom. And we need that help. You know, the support out there, we got to have that help. Um, We're winding down close to the end of the show. Um... I think we're going to do an update. Savannah, did you want to do an update on uh, the Donaldson support, the latest that we have on on each one of them, and what people can do to help? Uh, the last conversations we had with family members, uh, what they are requesting, um, I think we'll get an update on that. And then if anyone else want to come on and give an update, I know the Carcerate has a lot of great things going on that maybe they want to update us on. Um, Be Frame for Justice, Abolition Today, any other organizations, group people, if you got something going on in the struggle, and the people on the inside are a part of it, and you're working with us to bring people on the inside together. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about
2: it. I'm pulling up the information for um, the rallies that are coming up. I didn't know if I was off for the first few minutes, but I didn't know if you guys had thoughts about that, um, the rallies around the Donaldson 4. But somebody else can go while I'm pulling it up.
4: Okay, got any parting words, Brother Mikael, Brother Lambo, before we get be ready to close down this session? We have our callers. Let me yep. press one before we yep. get ready to close, Go ahead.
6: You do have another call. Yeah,
5: right. my father. Uh Hello? Okay, so this is what we got going on down here, man, with the brother, man and uh, the situation of the Donaldson 4 February 13th, 501 South Main Street, Enterprise, Alabama at 10 a.m. There will be a rally and a protest there. February 13th, 501 South Main Street, Enterprise, Alabama at 10 a.m. Then February 20th, it'll be at the State Capitol Building in Montgomery, Alabama at 1 p.m. That's the second one will be February 20th, State Capitol Building, Montgomery, Alabama at 1 p.m. And the third one will be February 28th, Selma Bridge, Selma, Alabama at 2 p.m. I know of a few people from uh, supporters from outside the state that say they're going to make it in on that one. It's supposed to fly in on the 27th. So, uh February 28th, Selma Bridge, Selma, Alabama, 2 p.m. Say we are encouraging all family and friends of incarcerated to come out and support us as we continue to break the chains of the incarcerated. Today we come together and stand as one, that enough is enough. Changes need to come right now. No more. Are we going to stand by and listen to the so-called proposals? Today change must come now. That's what's up.
3: All right. Got another call with the brother.
6: Eight seven three four. You are live from the plantation.
9: First of all, uh, I want to say I commend you, brothers, for the stance that y'all making behind the prison walls. This is my first time actually uh, calling to make a comment. Last week, I chimed in just to listen to some of the things that's going on behind what y'all call the enemy lines Uh, my name is Albert Yancey I served 28 years uh, on a life sentence in the state of Texas 17 different facilities in that duration of time and to see that y'all mobilizing behind the prison walls with the contraband is amazing to me because uh, during my time we didn't do that so I want to salute y'all for that um on the 20th of February, uh, I w- I don't know, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with an organization called The Link, but it's a, a worldwide organization where there's a movement taking place that's attached to the Black Lives Matter uh, platform. And on the 20th, I got a call on yesterday that they uh, want me to join forces with some of the things that they have going on with the prison reform so I don't know. Like I said, I just got on this um, line last week from my friend uh, Savannah, who was a, a beast out here with different types of organizations. I don't know how she juggles it all, but what I do want to do is I want to give you my uh, contact information for those of you behind uh, the enemy's lines and to reach out to me with some of the things that y'all do have have going on. So, when I hit this platform, I can kind of interject some of the things that y'all are campaigning for. I know freedom, the movement of freedom, is the main mission. Uh, But like I say, I've only served time in the Texas Penal Institution. Therefore, I don't know a lot of the conditions other than what some of the stuff that I see on TikTok from different prisons uh, about the conditions there. So, Uh, If you don't mind, I'll just give you a few seconds to grab a pen and a piece of paper, and then I will uh, give my information out. So my name is Albert J. Yancey, Y-A-N-C-E-Y. My organization is FBI Ministries, which is Faith Beyond Incarceration. Uh, My P.O. Box is P.O. Box 1041. Fresno, Texas, F R E N S O, Texas, seven seven five four five. Again, PO box ten forty one. Fresno, Texas, which is F R E S N O Texas seven seven 545. And that's all I would have to say on tonight. And I'll continue to listen.
4: I really appreciate you uh, coming in, brother. And uh, part of what we're doing and building our network, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, just like you on parole or whatnot. And just one of the things that I want to tell you that's been part of our conversation is that in some states, people be on parole or paperwork for the rest of their life, supervised. And so, one of the things that we're asking for as compensation or reparations or whatever phrase in our parole package is that there's a limit placed on that time. Um, Savannah had mentioned uh, that there are some organizations out there that say that as little as 18 months should be the limit. We had started out at five years, then through our conversations, it went down to three, but the actual experts. And people who have worked on that side of this conversation and these organizations, they say it should be 18 months. So we're trying to get a federal standard implemented within that. That's not what it's part of. It's part of what we're doing, but it's not part of the main platform right now. It's subordinated in the conversation. Like if people want to push for that on the state level, those are ideas that we're pushing out there for people to try to get implemented on the state level. But on the federal level with the mandatories and whatnot, we're just trying to get people free. But uh so I just wanted to share that with you and let you know that this 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 fight that we're doing, it extends beyond the walls. This parole, when we talk about parole, we're talking about the whole process of parole, even down to the fees. When people get out, they shouldn't have to pay a parole fee. The money that's in the crime bill should be able to pay for those salaries and whatever the parole board's got to do. The money's already there. It's just got to be moved from incarceration and enslavement to uh, rebuilding and repairing and getting people um, just, the, the, just the the healing that we need and what we've been subjected to. When you did 28 years, you know exactly what I'm
9: talking about. Yes, sir. And, and I am one of those people that are on Parole for Life. I, I have to report right now every three months. But when I first got out, it was every month, twice a month. And then now I've... Uh, only reporting uh, every three months, and I do have to pay the fees, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, I got a life sentence at the age of 17. So, it just so happened that after 28 years and five months and one day, they uh, granted me that opportunity to walk free. But you know, one of the things behind prison walls is that I came to prison by myself and I'm gonna leave by myself, but unfortunately. Unfortunately, I I should say that God didn't allow me to leave like that. I took a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters home with me and the fight that y'all are fighting is, is something I'm very passionate
4: about. Well, thank you, man. Thanks again. We appreciate it. Um, we're gonna be ready to close down. So then I guess you can uh give us our final update and uh we thank everyone for listening. Uh the live from the plantation, all of our callers, all of our supporters if you're sharing it. Helping us get the information out. If you want to join the National Freedom Movement uh, network that we're building, email us at 1National Freedom Movement at gmail.com. That's the number 1National Freedom Movement at gmail.com. We have a job form, a registration form, we'll send you after you send us the email. Just basic contact information name, address, phone number, who referred you, and what, what services you offer. Just make sure you understand. Um, what you signing up for? Like we we need people to help us reach the inside. That's, that's that's the only thing we're trying to do right now. And in the process, we create pathways to freedom through our direct action um, activities that we uh, that we plan to take that we've been taking. So thanks again. Like I said, we're gonna get a final update uh, from Savannah, and then we're gonna close out another edition live from the plantation.
2: All right. Um, I just wanted to give the update from the cash app before uh, Brother Mikhail closed out um, with his statement. So the cash app for Brother Kinetic Justice is gonna be dollar sign fam arms. That's dollar sign F A M A R M S. The cash app for Brother Wilbur is dollar sign the Smiths four oh four, That's dollar sign T H E S M I T H S. Four zero four. The the cash app for Brother Daryl is dollar sign big boss business. That's dollar sign b i g b o s. That's one s b u s i n e s s. And then for Brother Ethan, there's a give butter account. It's gonna be https. Uh, colon backslash, backslash, uh, www.givebutter.com and backslash Ethan more that's E-P-H-A-N-M-O-O-R-E. And you can find these accounts um, on any one of our personal Facebook pages. You can go to mine, Savannah Eldridge. You can go to um, Brother Max. Um, we've all been sharing information, but just understand that um, you know, this is an ongoing thing, and um, these weathers are going to be requiring continued support um, in the days ahead. Brother Mikael, if you want to close us out.
5: Yes, ma'am. Justice for the Donaldson foe, man. Y'all already know what it is. In the words of our comrades, I'll of loyal me and the kinetic justice. Freedom of death. Thank you for joining live from the plantation.
2: In May of 2010, 16-year-old Khalif Browder was walking home from a party with a friend
1: when he was stopped by police. An officer said a man had accused them of stealing
0: his backpack. All my people been hurting. Growing up lost, we've been broken. I just want to let the world know, Hurt the Kalief. Gotta let the pain show. Every day they judge me by my skin color. Modern day slavery, I'm a protester. Coming up a broken ladder All of my peers living life like it don't matter. Trapped in the system, can't escape prison Even when you innocent, they don't listen Stand up for your rights, they shooting when we fight Taking away life, bringing darkness to your life Political this, political that They just mad at the fact, they just hate that we black This ain't the plantation, no, you ain't taking us back Malcolm X with the strap, they ain't cutting no slack Instead of giving hope to fulfill a dream they rather give us pills for the self-esteem. They used to hang us from a tree. Now we in the box, pissing in the pot. You know what's crazy with Donald Trump calling shots? Genocide. Homicide. Propaganda. Justified. Police, brutality, Suicide. May you rest in peace. We're right. uh, we were beating. We were by the, by the correctional. We were We they tackle me and they the in my cell with a cage and start with for days. Fly across the country, drop a grenade. Sacrifice the life, so the risk that you pay. Underneath the sun, all we feel is the shade. The liquor store, right next to the church. You ain't never felt my pain, can't tell me what hurts. You ain't never walked my shoe, can't tell me my worth. You ain't never been without since the day you burst. I'm talking to my ancestors. I'm talking, talking to you, slave master. stay book. Different chapters, same script, different acts Pain is pain no matter how it's measured. When you black, you can start some shots, get contested. It's the cycle for the youth, you can go and get neglected. So we strap up and shoot just to feel respected. Gang bang, your life changed to feel protected. By the system, young black males are all affected. We Instagram and Facebook to feel accepted. I pray to God, I hope you can get the message. The judge told me if I plead guilty, I was released from jail that same day, but I didn't do it. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna make me say I did something just so I could go home. If I gotta stay here five more months just to prove that I'm innocent, then so be it. It's just, it's just heartbreaking, and it's like I felt like they were just playing with my life. What's the solution? Less talking and more doing. A revolution. We the people, the constitution. No more losing. We see now. No more illusion. Who the union? Our school system need more approval. What's the guideline? Show me the design. They shutting down right for a dollar sign. For that real estate. Yeah, we know how they debate. Rich getting richer. More food on they dinner plate. Uh. March on LaGuardia Screaming out loud We need more housing in the area That we can't afford. These type of issues can't ignore Instead of walking past We should pick each other off the floor uh, We just proud of government environment Either in jail Or die before retirement huh. That's the type of shit that they invent They try to set a superman with really he just Clark Kent I always believed in standing up For what I thought was right And if I would've just been placed guilty Then my story would've been never been heard Nobody would've took the
4: time to listen to me I'd have been just another I've been
2: hurt all my life, nights and morning, morning and night Looking for a change, trying to make a change, yet
3: everything says everything genocide. Looking for a change, trying Prophecide.
0: to make a change, praying for Prophecide. a change Justified, to lead the power, suicide, may Justified. you rest in peace, proud of my genocide